host Delaney. And it's Katie. This is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. With trap beats playing in the background. Guten Tag. Hello, sister. <laughs> well, how we, got, we have to be pretending like we didn't just talk for like two hours before this. Okay, an hour and a half. Not even. We're going to see how I, I sound after this. What you mean? Nothing. I tested it. It should be fine. All right. <laughs> Let's see if I'm, in a squeaky, if I'm in a squeaky voice like that one time. Like, I take classically black seriously in that I, I show up every week and have been doing it for 228 weeks. However, sometimes I just laugh at how serious this is. Like, I went back to, like, post um, backed up Black XY. Delaney, why did I never take out the... Remember when I was in the hotel and I played that video of the guy with the choir? Why did I never take that out? So it's just... It's literally, like, 20 seconds of silence. And then you say... Maybe it came through on your side, but I didn't hear anything. And it's been up for three weeks, maybe four. Wonderful. At this point. Because I literally, and I said, I even said on the thing, I was like, we'll see because I'm going to forget. And like, I was in Columbus. I went to D.C. right after that. Mm, like, Let's see. I mean, you're the one who travel, or is traveling more than me. No, you I literally am not. I'm not travel coming up. I'm literally not traveling more than you though. No, because we were both in Chicago and then you just named two more cities and then we're both going to a different city in the next week. Okay, but that one shouldn't count. Yes, it does. I'm not doing this with you, Katie, because I'm not doing this with you. Because last week you already pissed me off, so Girl, look how long ago that was. Okay, so the news this week um is very minimal but very interesting. Um. Yep. That's one way to put it. Yep. Um. Okay. So, stuff always happens when we're not recording. This episode actually almost didn't even happen because it was supposed to be something else. But while we were away, um, basically some news came out um about a Los Angeles Philharmonic concert. And some activities therein. So basically, there's a LAFL concert in which somebody it started with a tweet, and I remember seeing the tweet like early on in the day. Um, that apparently somebody had a quote large full body orgasm. Um, during I would describe that way. I mean, fine, but yeah. Um. During a Los Angeles Philharmonic concert, um, when they were playing track five. Um, so yeah, so apparently, um, they said that, or a couple people that were there said that they heard what was described as a scream slash moan from the balcony. Um, and that people turned around to see what was going on. So first the first account that came from the the original tweet was that the orchestra stopped playing which i was like that's hard to believe i feel like there's very few things 
you know, that orchestra would stop playing for her. Mm-hmm. We was both at that. You was on stage at that one concert, and I was in the audience when the orchestra stopped playing. Yeah, that was, was actually. Yeah, that was yeah, a lot. That was crazy. Um, so I was like, I feel like for one little outburst, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't stop playing. Um, and then but as a musician, I would be terrified. Cause I'm always thinking about like a shooting or mm-hmm. something like constantly. So like a scream like that, and I'm, I'm, and you know, we sit on the outside of Memphis. Like, what's going on? Like, we got to start filing out like what we doing mm-hmm. um but then of course other accounts came in saying that um apparently somebody contacted someone that worked at the la phil like a friend not like it wasn't like an official like spokesperson or anything who said that it did happen but the orchestra did not stop playing i'm like okay then a recording surfaced i'm gonna link the um los angeles times article um which might may or may not link to the recording i think it does so if you want to hear it it was during the second movement um but yeah and in the recording they did not stop playing um some people that were there said that the recording did sound like what they heard and i don't know if, but if it was like really definitive in terms of like is that actually like a recording of the concert um and of course they couldn't like LA Times and like everybody else who wrote about it couldn't get in contact with somebody from the LA field for comment which I'm like yeah I'm sure because how do you even handle this from a PR perspective for an orchestra I would love to know like I want to know what their meetings are like right now because but also like why would I don't understand like why they wouldn't come I don't know I see both sides but it's also like why they wouldn't want wouldn't come because how do you even know that's the recording from your Yo, think do you, you just want to clear the air about that? Cause somebody could have made that, you know. How do we know it's a recording from the concert? Yeah, but I feel like that would for them it's probably preferable that it goes away than they start raising questions about it. Cause then people are gonna start investigating it more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like they can't really lean into it because like it, it's subjectively hilarious. They can't really um, lean into it because it's supposed to, like, that's just not the image of an orchestra. They have a lot of older, like, yeah, you know, patrons, and they're supposed to be kid-friendly, too. So now they're talking about, yeah, come get your nut off at L.A. Phil. Like, they can't. <laughs> they can't. Come on, L.A. Phil, off the dark. Hold on. <laughs> that could be. You might could do something with that. That's why Write I'm, that down. Like, low-key. But, like, I feel like that's just a touchy subject. I feel like they're just trying to wait for it to blow over. Um I feel like that's. I mean, basically, it's classic music. Luckily for them, it's already over. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, yeah. They, I feel like they're just waiting for for it to be in the clear. Um, but it has gone pretty far. Um, I remember that same day it reaching Black Twitter. You know that one guy, Phil Lewis, who he just he's a journalist at Huffington Post, and he. I just unfollowed him. Oh why? I mean, I don't even follow him. His stuff just comes up in my algorithm. I don't have to follow him. Or maybe I blocked him. Not for anything. It's just like, because it's like too, it's like, I think we're talking about the same person. It's like, this this country continuously has bad news and he like often like breaks it first. Like all of my Mm. bad news, news stories were coming from him and the updates. And I was just like, yeah, I, this is where, I forgot what my breaking point was, but it happened recently. I think last week. Oh. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like I don't even have to follow him because he just come up in my you algorithm anyway. Yeah. Um. But like, he's very much the black Twitter like 
news guy um because he's a front he's a front page editor at huffington post so it's big news um i know somebody was like i just thought he just knew stuff like yeah literally like i just thought he was i didn't even know he was i just thought like he was just posting news for fun maybe i'm blocking i just okay you could have muted him block scene kind of maybe i muted him because i didn't want him to know that i just in case i didn't want him let me see um, but, but it was recent. It was like last week, maybe the week before last. Yeah, but I could see that, and I wanted to see because it's just so much going it's on. Too much. It was like it was like any, anytime something bad happened, I see him first. Mm. What did you say his name? Phil Lewis, right? Yeah, I think that's what it is. Philip. Yep. yep. Mm. Literally. What does it say? Oh, I muted him. Mm. Mm. Yeah, cause I didn't want him to see that I blocked him. I think. Um. Yeah, but then when he posted it, I was like, okay, made its way to Black Twitter. And then the other day, my grandma <laughs> um, asked me about it because she saw it on one of her daytime talk shows. So it's it's catching some steam. Um, yep. And people learning about it. Now, there is, of course... There, of course, has not been a confirmation that this was actually an orgasm. So, you know, there's some people that are like, well, maybe it was some, maybe it was some type of outburst. Like that's what people thought. Some people thought it might have been like some type of outburst um, for another reason. And then one of the people that the LA Times talked to said that the woman had a partner with her that was kind of like smiling and like looking at her like whatever then another person said no the partner was saying you're gonna be okay like you're gonna so yeah like, i'm sure he was saying it <laughs> so yeah there's conflicting i feel like the narrative the orgasm narrative took off because it is hilarious and that's what i prefer to believe um especially because it seems like that's what the majority of people who were there think um and some people think it might have been like one of them I'm not gonna do too much but one of them remote control uh, situations because there was a there was some conversation about how it happened and I was yeah, like that like, makes more sense because I don't like the more obvious way is ridiculous to think in a room filled with people so it's like or they assumed way rather I would say yeah like, that doesn't even make sense yeah well, but also like I just have pause like, I have so many questions which is why I was like, man, I kind of wish LA people kind of get a little stained or something. Because, like, okay, I understand, like, some people, like, have, like, a like a, a fear of getting caught kink or whatever. So, it's like, <laughs> let's do it here at this place that is, like, extremely quiet, waiting for the second movement. These have to be classical musicians. That's hilarious to me. And, but also, like, it doesn't make a lot of sense as well because it's, like, why would you yell out like that? Like, obviously, I'll be. for for okay for an orgasm, like of course, but also like, come on, like you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe her man just figured out how that. to do it. You you said what? So maybe her man just kind of liked it. I mean, shout out to her man and his vibrator, but I'm just saying, like, you know how to keep it cute. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't know. I it's like it's not all the way. Obviously, like. If your man put in that work, he put in that work, period. But I'm just saying, like, you know how to, you know how to keep it cute. So it's like, I mean, sometimes, I mean, yeah, can't, but can't be that cute. Like you lose, you lose like all 
you are the you are the concert hall with all these people. I'm like, not trying come to do on. too much, Katie. I will say stop pressing the issue. I'm not trying to say. <laughs> I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to do too much <laughs> on this here PG podcast. But this, this podcast is not PG. Listen, I'm saying I'm happy for her that he makes her toes curl. But I'm just saying, like, I just feel like there. You still understand where you are, regardless. Yeah, but sometimes that's like involuntary. I get yeah. Yeah, I I see both sides. I'm just saying, me personally, I need more information so the dots can connect. Cause I still don't even buy that it was like that. It was a, it just was hilariously outrageous to me. Like I need, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like yeah, we still don't know exactly what what was going on, and um. So we'll never know. I mean, because it's really not that deep. Yeah, because ain't nobody about to come forward. Like, and also I just think about how it is, and like I have so many questions. Because also when you think about how it is in the concert hall, like you elbow to elbow with people. Yeah. So imagine me scream like my man doing his thing. I scream at the top of my lungs. You got people in front of you, next to you, behind you, looking at you, and you just—it's just gonna be like, yep. Do you think they're going to go right back to listening to the development? No. So, that's why I just have more questions. And that's why I, I mean, hope it was an orgasm because I don't feel bad if it wasn't. And then, like, this all was going on in the news. But at least they, whatever it was, they don't know it was you. So. Which I, don't, I still don't understand how they don't know it, it wasn't you. I mean, how did they not figure out who it was? Especially, like, concert girls are notoriously nosy. So, it's like. You walking with the usher, might they go to girl that oh, it's arching her back. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I mean, I feel like they wouldn't. I mean, other people around them would know, but like, wouldn't know their name. That's true. Because I feel like now they like feel going into the thing. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> and releasing the name <laughs> of the, the seat, like, <laughs> don't sit in this seat. Oh yeah, true. Now you got to be careful. Oh my god! See, there's it, so many things. It was in the balcony, y'all. Just be careful. Make sure your seat not. Never mind. Let me. Let's move on. Listen, I heard. Never mind. Anyway, yeah, I ain't gonna say that. That's that's what I'm choosing to believe because it's hilarious. So. I mean, good for her. Period. Um, or I hope she's doing well. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean that's all I got. Okay. Not much else going on. So that was the big one. In more ways than one. In more so. ways than one. <laughs> um Okay, so as y'all have surmised over the past couple years or whatever, Lenny and I are notorious pivoters. Well, yeah I would say like Delaney's more methodical than me I'm more of like a throw a dart to the wall see what stick type of person but either way we both are pivoters and I uh we are both working on stuff behind the scenes or whatever and I wanted to know like what is what is something that classical music what is a skill that classical music has taught you that you know will bear well in one of the areas in which you are pivoting, changing career or whatever. Um, 
I mean, I think classic. I was about to say classical black. <laughs> classical music has taught me a lot about like criticism, um, and I feel like there's good and bad with that because it has it. It probably fed a little too much into my like self-criticizing elements Mm -hmm. but it also did teach me like what to like how to and how not to criticize other people and also accept criticism from other people Mm -hmm. um and yeah that's why i mean we talked about we got into this a couple weeks ago about being selective about who you tell stuff to and -hmm. i think that's one of the things especially when it comes to all the stuff that we like pivot into um mm-hmm. that comes up the most is like who you telling who knows about it and whose opinion you're listening to about it mm-hmm. also like i realized it's a little vague like i am not planning on leaving classical music i have a concert tonight we are playing shots coach five i'm very excited um finally my excerpts are working for me but um I will say like I have other interests areas and one thing that classical music has helped me with abundantly is how to take a lick and keep going like <laughs> well I tell you the viola has been the most I can't like the viola is the thing that humbles me in more ways than one and I have taken a lot of L's on this instrument and I know people say like it just in in general in life but particularly like in certain industries like you're gonna get way more no's than yeses and I try to rem- I try to remember that but it's like you really can't hurt my feelings more than viola has hurt my feelings like I'm so in- I'm so incredibly sorry like like notes do hurt they sting a little bit like I got one yesterday I'm probably gonna get one tomorrow when I find something I'm- I don't want to speak that into existence but mm-hmm. I wouldn't hear back from something that I applied to in a in a completely different area that I've never I'm experimenting with um and yeah it hurts for like five minutes and then like what's for dinner like you literally like it's i can't think of the last time a rejection or a me not advancing at an audition like took me down like i'll be sad of course because i'm human for like it depends like sometimes i'll be like i pay all this money to go to this damn audition didn't advance like bump you and this orchestra i can't play nobody can play um so sometimes like other factors will contribute to it like i did one in november that i spent a lot of money to go to and didn't advance and i was like see i should have stayed my ass in memphis um so that would make me i was sad for longer maybe like a couple hours but like um yeah then i went about my business i'm like all right so this is what went wrong with the excerpt and we're gonna fix this we're gonna fix this and there's another one and what's on what's on audition cafe and what's on the amf uh a american federation a fm website well, who got an audition da, 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 like that's just how i am so like in this new arena even though like you want to be successful right away it's like ain't nobody taught me how to take an L like viola like i shout out to the, my girl like period and also i understand that the yeses feel really amazing so you just got to wait for those times like my little fellowship of memphis that has blossomed into me getting to play with them after my fellowship has ended getting into eastman like the yeses are great so but man you really can't humble me more than her so like you really you can hurt my feelings because i'm a sensitive person i'm gonna say something back to you like why your head look like that but okay on the other side of that like if i get a no i'm like all right that wasn't for me and 
I only want what's for me. And yeah, so that's that. I kind of want to know, like, I, we got to figure out a way. Oh, we do got a way. Okay. I have to say, I want to hear from y'all more, like y'all the listeners, but we got a way coming. Maybe we could do that. Cause I was like, I want to hear what lessons like y'all have learned, but we got a way coming. So stay tuned, which I know is annoying, but what else you want me to say? <laughs> um, Okay, period. We'll move on. Mm-hmm. All righty. Well, um, we had a little change of plans. I don't. I think we mentioned a date on the. Well, maybe we didn't actually. We mentioned that we were so. gonna do this. Okay, good. Um, because we ended up having to move this episode up. Um, so what we did mention last week was that you could go see Champion, um, the opera, um, that the Met. Um, is doing this season in theaters which we did and so we're going to talk about it today um so basically champion um is another terrence blanchard opera you know we talked about fire shut up in my bones last year which was what the op- wasn't that the met's first black opera are they counting it's crazy by a black composer yeah by a black composer yeah yeah that's ridiculous okay but um so that was last year and now this is this year um again by terrence blanchard champion which is a which is about a boxer it's a true story um about a boxer emil griffith um who was struggling with his sexuality and um faced an opponent that was taunting him about his sexuality and stuff like that and he ended up um Emil Griffith ended up killing that opponent in the ring um when he knocked him out he never woke up he died 10 days later um and so it's about that it's about his life and it's also about his um struggle with dementia um as he like when he got older um and yeah that's kind of like a little bit of like the the summary of what the opera is about if you did not get a chance to see it um all right so yeah we're just gonna talk about let's go and see it in our respective situations and what we thought Catherine. so i went to the movie theater and i was texting delaney like i would say like live what's it called i was texting her like i was live tweeting delaney but just through our message um except she wasn't awake or something she was busy so she didn't answer right away but it's fine because i was the first thing i did was i was like my freaking popcorn is stale and then i was like the the freaking slushy that i wanted um like was out and i didn't see they had other colors on the other sides so i got peach who gets a peach slushy what mm-hmm. and then i go to the movie theater this lady's in my seat but it's the south and i'm not trying to do too much so i just like went to the seat where i thought that she was supposed to sit in which ended up working out for me better because like i was away from everybody i was in my own little corner whatever but i was annoyed because i'm like somebody coming here because it looked like the the seat it looked like it was like almost like sold out on the little screen when the girl was asking me so i'm like if somebody coming here mask me move my seat but like people people must have bought tickets and didn't come um how many people you think was there Twenty, I would say twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, so luckily, like it, it, it really like when I got in there, I was like, oh okay. So I just like went to the seat where I thought that she probably got. Um, oops. And then um, 
after that was cool like my popcorn like it was warm at the bottom and my sushi was fine but i told her like i was still on streaming like why can they stream this and i just think it was like i thought it was just like a funny little thing because i'm just like girl the pandemic is over like you gotta get out the house again um so but it made me be like i mean i could do this again uh which i will have to this week anyway so how lucky am i but yeah that was like my little experience it was fine after that i kind of did wish i was at home though so i could be in my bed like laid down but like it's fine fine experience overall i guess so the first time i was supposed to go see it i overslept so which is great because it was at one so no it was at noon it was at noon and i woke up about 20 minutes before i before noon and no you was pushing anyway no but i'm saying that's i overslept like i wasn't i was supposed to be up before that but um um this is why i don't need to that's why i generally don't sleep with my phone in my bed because i need to be able to i need to have to get up to turn my alarm off just to make sure that i get up um and i I wasn't gonna make it because it would take me about 20 minutes to get there maybe even a little more and i like i wasn't dressed or anything i was like and it sucks because that screening was free so i ended up having to pay for it the second time also more expensive like a ticket like a ticket to go to the regular theater is eleven dollars. The ticket was twenty five dollars. Yeah, and then plus my little service fee, and which was irritating because, um, what was I about to say? Oh, they didn't give me like when I went to see Fire Shut Up in My Bones in theaters. Like I got paper with it, like program type of really? situation. Yeah, I didn't get that. They gave me like a little like it was like it wasn't like the full thing like met thing, but it was like a piece of paper with like stuff that on been it nice yeah which i was expecting i was like dang i wish i could have had something but um yeah so i ended up having to go all the way downtown um to see it um i was the only person there <laughs> until right when it was started and then one other person came mm. so it was very creepy um that's how it was for champ but i went not champion the other one fire shut my bones i was mm-hmm. it was like me and like two other people with it for that one that's what i was expecting mm-hmm. i was like y'all came out for this okay memphis period that's um, people was crazy but you know what i mean but i will say i did see it on like 1 p.m on a wednesday so like mm-hmm. i mean i was also in bumper to bumper traffic on my way there which why um but um yeah especially because during the intermission like you know they have like different stuff going on during the intermission they're interviewing the people and stuff like that but yeah part of it is just a countdown and during the countdown the screen cut off like suddenly like a glitch mm-hmm. so it was dark in there i was like and in that late and the lady other lady that was in there was in the bathroom so it was just me uh-uh. girl and then i heard a little rustling behind me i was like whoa, 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 whoa. hold on <laughs> okay <laughs> you probably hold made on, that rustle sound up no i really didn't because it was happening before that happened and i think oh, it was okay. just like you know up where the projection is yeah yeah i think it was just up there but like when the freaking screen sh- shut off and it's black like i was like oh my gosh i can't believe i'm about to die in a movie theater like <laughs> i can't believe this on a freaking wednesday like oh my gosh um but yeah that was my experience um going to see it paying a whole lot of money like a whole lot and i gotta go again i mean this this will be a regular ticket for this further where you going i gotta see chevalier oh yeah you still haven't seen chevalier oh yeah yeah can i, I i'm supposed to go i'm supposed to go on wednesday we'll see if i still i think something that i have to go but can i stream it yet probably not don't say that 
you might be able to rent it. But at that point, you might as well go to the movie theater. But I got my own popcorn at the crib. That's what I'm doing anyway. Popcorn two ninety nine a pound at um at Whole Foods. And I can put my own little stuff on there. Make it right there in the comfort of my own stove. Well, it's probably too. Yeah, it's probably too early. I feel like it just came out, didn't it? Yeah, it came out on the on April twenty first. <sighs> yeah, I'm gonna be in there. It wasn't bad, but anyway, yeah, yeah, it wasn't bad. So I always have a dream of what's this theater. What? Oh, you gotta wait until it leaves theaters for it to. Oh, they started bringing that back. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Woman King. I still haven't seen Woman King, but Woman King and um, I feel like it was on streaming and in the theaters at the same time. Mm. Maybe we're maybe we're past that now. Like stuff used to be same thing with uh Wakanda. I still haven't seen that, but yeah. Oh, for real? Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm gonna watch it this summer. I saw that mad late because I really wanted to see it in theaters. Mm. Yeah. But I guess we won't, we won't talk about it. Okay, overall impressions. What did you think overall? Um. It was cool. Uh, <laughs> I think we've. I mean, I've maybe said this. I'm not like a huge opera person. If it's a black opera, I will come out though. Like mm-hmm. I saw this one. I saw I saw Fire Shut Up in My Bones. I would say I saw that opera three times. That is absolutely unheard of. The only thing I usually watch multiple times is a TV show. There are very few movies. That's crazy to me. There are very few movies that I've ever seen more than once. Um, really only a couple. I probably could count on one hand how many if you're counting the Twilight Saga it's like one little thing but um, yeah like I just don't I'm not really like yeah not that type of person so I saw Fire Shut Up In My Bones three times um, and I saw Omar which I was obligated to see that and um, and this so like if it's a black opera I'm gonna come out um yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought the story, I mean, was something I had never heard of. And it was, um, I mean, I'm glad I learned about it. And I feel like when it comes to operas and me, like, observing them, that's always what I take away the most from is the story. Mm-hmm. I'm really, like, bad at critiquing music and operas because I'm so focused on the, on the narrative stuff because that's just what I'm I'm drawn to. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, I overall I liked it. I like I like opera a lot. Um, I noticed like it's just like observing myself. I guess like it just took me a long a little bit longer to get settled in. Um, <clears throat> and I noticed this a couple weeks ago, even when I went to like my first concert in a while. Actually, now that I think about it, when I saw Melissa play a couple weeks ago, I cannot remember the last concert I went to before the pandemic that's crazy so it's like it took me a while to like get settled in like i could play i could play a kind i played an opera last summer several times i played omar um i think we did seven shows 
So it's like I could play opera, I could play a concert, but I know I noticed like it's gonna take some time for me to get accustomed to like sitting through something again. So it just took me a long time to settle in. But it was fine. The story was fine. I didn't know about him. Um, there were some musical things that I was like, oh, I don't know. But like I'm not a composer, so I try not to do too much. Like I don't, I don't write music. But it was fine. Like I would, it was fine. I liked, um, I wasn't like blown away, but I liked seeing black people on stage and telling black stories. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's, um, interesting too that we saw this because this was, this was his first opera. Right. And we saw his second opera first. Right. So now it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of weird. So maybe if, can you remember like, there, there were definitely some things like I could tell the same person wrote this opera that wrote the last one. Like there was just some things that were that were similar about it. Like one, I, I mean, I guess we'll have to see. They kind of hinted that he's working on a third one. I guess we'll have to mm-hmm. see in that third one if this theme continues. But like the theme of having, maybe you can tell me because you're more into opera. The theme of having um, like the same character at multiple ages. Oh, that's a good point. Like he that did that in Fire, point. Shut Up in My Bones too. Is that an opera yeah. thing or is that like a Terrence Blanchard thing? I think it's a Terrence Blanchard thing. Okay. Like, actually, actually, I've never... I don't know. Listen, if you were opera girly, please leave my DMs alone. But I really haven't seen, like, that before. Yeah. So, that's a really good point. Oh, but you know what I really loved? I was. I will say... Oh, that's next. Never mind. But, um... Yeah, I mean... It's, I hate that they said that because it's like well I guess like they're both operas are about him were by him but like I hate that it made my brain force to compare but I I, I, I just enjoyed Fire Shepherd in My Bones like way more hmm. even though the story was like way like more tragic I guess I guess they're both tragic stories um so I guess that's not even fair but I don't I just really enjoyed I mean yeah but that one was totally Fire Shepherd My Bones was, yeah. yeah I I just enjoyed that I enjoyed that one so much more. But, I, and that's why I kind of brought it up because it's like, I mean, I guess that's kind of the goal. Like, the second one was better. Yeah. Than the first. Because, yeah, like I said, I saw Fire Chef on Bones three times. I probably won't see Champion again. Not because it was bad or anything. Like, I'm so freaking sentimental and stuff. Like, I feel like anytime I see a bunch of black people on stage on anything, I'm going to start tearing up. Because when they mm-hmm. was doing the, um, um, the kind of like in the opening dance uh dance number where he was at when he was about to leave home and had all mm-hmm. the people on the stilts and stuff i was like yeah oh my god like mm-hmm. yeah that was cute but um yeah so that was one of the things that i noticed when i was like i could tell the same person did this opera because i thought i was like it seems like that's a terrence blanchard thing like because in fire shut up in my bones he had um the little Charles and the big Charles. And then in this opera, he actually had three Emils. Yeah. Like, yeah. So the, like the main one and then the one that was suffering from dementia, the older one, and then a little less so, but he was still in a couple scenes, the little one. Mm-hmm. Um, So I thought that was an interesting through line. And also just the music. I could just tell that you wrote it. Yeah. It sounded like him. Mm-hmm. So... Okay, well, this is my part. What parts that you did you like? Like, what were some of the parts that like or loved even? Um, 
Okay, so that scene that I just talked about with the dancing, mm-hmm. um, I liked that part. And after, I think I just noticed this about operas in general, maybe. It's like my favorite thing. I think my favorite thing about opera, about operas is the sets. Mm. I just like, I'm very fascinated by like the set design and stuff. Obviously, Fire Shut Up and My Bones is very minimal. So I was like, kind of like trying to compare I was like didn't really know what to expect coming from that one to this one mm-hmm. but like it was very like I like the the projections and like how not like some of it was for effect and not necessarily just like for setting mm-hmm. like how they had the different pictures of him like in the different like boxing poses and stuff on the projections mm-hmm. and stuff like that um yeah I think that was probably my favorite thing about the opera overall Mm-hmm. I um love the metaphor about the shoe. This is like it opens up with him singing about like, this aria about like a, a shoe. Like he can't find his shoe, which I think serves like more. Here I wrote I wrote down specifically, but I think it serves multiple purposes. I think one hinting that he has dementia, like, and also like him just trying to find his place where he fits in in life in general um i think i wrote the quote down no i didn't write the exact quote but it's just like it's a the metaphor of like the shoe like where like where he belongs and searching for that um i really like that and um i too like the projections like it kind of had me thinking more about like where opera sets are going to go and theater in general and like exploring what they can do more and more because um I did find myself being especially like somebody who's interested in writing I found myself being like I want to know more about this but like what is what is the limit to knowing more about this when it must be told through an aria or through uh, a series of songs like how much can we really how much depth can we get from a character if it's all sung so I I did like how the projections kind of let me see into this world of how far opera has a potential or theater in general has the potential to go because it can look like a movie or TV in a way that you know they couldn't do 50 years ago and I like the comedic elements like I like for a lot of times it felt it didn't feel so opery which I love opera so it's I, I don't have a problem with it feeling like like what it is but the there was like a reoccurring newscaster not a announcer character and he would say like little funny things about like he would announce the main character with Emil, he would announce him and be like, "Oh, it's a, he's a hat maker and a baseball player." He's like, "What does this have to do with boxing?" Like, so or what something like that. And I saw it was like little moments like that were funny, and I absolutely loved the baby. I don't, I don't even remember his name. Um, I think I saved the program from. I think I downloaded the program. Oh, the 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 real the performer's name. Yeah, let me see if I did so I can get his name. I mean, Delaney or Delaney can say something <laughs> while I find it. But I loved him. I was like, I, my note. When he came on screen, I was like, what I write? I was like, this baby's sweet boy, uh, this sweet baby's voice. Like when he started singing mm-hmm. and he was going for it too. I said, yes. 
he was just so incredibly cute just so happy to be there i was really proud of him um tell us something i was gonna say um oh i think i was telling so when i was telling my mom about it she was like i think it's she was like i find it so funny the stuff that they decide to make operas about um and i was like well i mean operas because she was talking about like like you know it being a serious story i'm like but opera, a lot of operas are tragedies and like that element yeah. of, of drama i will say what what for me i mean you, i guess you i guess i see like the metaphor and everything but like one of the so one of the main things that like separates an opera like opera and musicals is like not just the style of singing but also like the fact there's more spoken dialogue in a musical and like how you were saying like they they sing they sing everything in an opera so like the whole where's my shoe part like you can't just be like where's my shoe where's my shoe it's like where is my shoe it's yeah. like sometimes stuff like that be like that was just we was just talking about that like you just sing everything yeah um in an opera and he, and he played with that a little bit which was weird to me i found it to be a little weird not in a bad not bad weird but just like oh but i mean some operas do have spoken words but still it's yeah like, but like very like since it's very pretty rare right yeah so i was like oh they're talking and like yeah i feel like after a while i was like bro the shoe was right there like um, okay delaney <laughs> wait what I, day did i go we went the same day or, no we were supposed to what that's the one that? i missed that was the 29th uh, um yeah but like i think it's because of that because there's ryan, so many moving nope. parts ethan his name is ethan mm. ryan is literally the main person <laughs> ethan joseph the sweet little baby okay i just want to say his name um and so what was i about to say oh because like because there's so many moving parts in the opera like you gotta like make sure that it like it fits with the music and then but it's also like telling the story and like the pacing yeah. and everything like sometimes it was just like okay like we get like you singing the same thing over and over again like we get it the shoe um oh. <laughs> i like that moment so much like i will say like it's drawn out right i feel like the first scene had to be like at least 10 minutes of him singing about this shoe yeah. so i could see like how but i kind of like I like those kind of things. Like I like being set up like that. Okay, this is going to be a reoccurring thing. I wish... Are we to the things that you didn't like? I wish that came back more. Like, I wish... He's saying more about the shoe? He's saying more about the shoe, but then I feel like by the time we got to the end... Like, it ended with him with the shoe in his hand, right? Mm -hmm. Even though I feel like it was a third shoe, which didn't make a lot of sense. It was like he just had a shoe. I just wish that was like play with more and this is like the writer side trying to come like trying to poke through like it's like what there has to be a there's a breaking point like you can't there's only so much opera can do and i would love an opera person to talk to us and be like well actually we can do a lot more than you think because maybe whatever because honestly i don't really pay attention when to opera like i literally just sit and play um we're not orchestra's not involved that much in what's going on on stage i mean you can go to a piano rehearsal if you'd like but outside of that you don't know what's going on um or piano run um but i just wish that like that if we were gonna spend so much time at the opening you gotta i don't know i need you to bring it back mm -hmm. i feel like one book i just finished 
Children of Brother Bones, which I started in 2020. It's like Tomi Adeyemi is a masterful writer. Like I enjoyed this, but I'm not really like a fantasy girl, but I might be now. Thank you, Tomi. Like every detail came back. Every every single thing. Like there was a there was a scene. I'm not spoiling. It. This book is years old, but there's a scene where like the king like extracted something from the main character's um blood because she's she has powers second book they turned that stuff into like the mist that they were gonna it's like that's how you bring something back like in masterful writing and it's like is opera held to that you think opera's held to that same standard like and it's not even like it's a bad like but like i'm not saying i'm not even putting down this opera i think it was a great opera but it's like that kind of storytelling that we're so used to like in mediums that we interact with in every day like every day you're interacting with books tv and film it's like very rarely do you interact with opera it's like should we be looking for that same degree of storytelling because like i wanted that shoe to be i wanted that shoe to be living we spent 10 minutes with this shoe like i want it and it's such a small detail you probably like girl let the let the shoe go it's not even that but i want no like i want to I want every detail to if it if if you took the time to write it in the libretto, that you that is a time that it needs to be. It, it's something like every single word matters. Everything, every single thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was excited to see this in in theaters because I preferred Fire Shut Up in My Bones in theaters. I saw it for the first time in New York at the Met, um, and then two more times in theaters, and I preferred it, um, in theaters. For this opera, I would have loved to see that. Why you say that? Go back first. Before you say, why? Why did I prefer it in theaters? Yeah, real quick. Um, because I feel like I I didn't see how much acting they were doing. Ah. And because when I saw it in theaters, I was expecting it. Like I thought it was just gonna be like a live stream. I didn't know that they was really gonna direct it. Like like the the camera's angle. It makes you never want to see something in person again. It's yeah. Like Like they really like it's really like the cinematography like is there yeah. like they they do it so mm-hmm. i wasn't expecting that and like there was so many there were parts in that opera that when i first saw it like yeah they were sad but then when i saw the look on their face like mm-hmm. oh my gosh like it just took it to a whole another level to be able to mm-hmm. see it like that yeah. so that's why i preferred okay. it um this i mean the one part about this opera i wish i could have seen in person was that dance thing with all the, the stilts oh, and the thing yeah. some stuff is, is lost yes some yeah. stuff is like dang i really like, cause, cause I saw the Lion King, um, the the musical, um, in person. Like they have all the, the animals Girl, on the when stilts the and start stuff. Walking and down the aisles around like, you, and for a circle of life, you like, will cry, you will weep. I remember that. I'm like, this is this is so cool. I remember. Yeah, I saw it in person too. Um, so there was that, but like, that's kind of it for that. Okay, it's this is what I was thinking, and it came back to me it was about the announcer. Um, I know he was saying funny stuff, and in the in the like rec- the recordings or whatever, I mean in the recording, um, of the opera, when like before the opera starts, they're like panning the audience and stuff like that, and it was so funny because when I was talking about to that podcast guy, um, the other day at mm-hmm. at Spotify, he was saying when I was talking about doing live shows. He was saying, oh, and if you want, you can also put a mic to the audience if you want that live um, element in your show, like when you re-release it. And I was thinking about that because, like I said, it was only me and one other person in the theater. 
So when he was saying the jokes, the announcer, I was wondering, I'm like, okay, did those land better in person? Because it was weird to hear like a joke and nobody laugh. Because laugh? not really. Do you, do they show different? Are those live? Uh, some of them are live and some of them are not. I saw an encore. Um, I that my audience was laughing. I think some people laughed, but it wasn't like, and maybe it was also because there was nobody in the theater with me. Like, oh, maybe the people in the theater were laughing. I mean, I think it, that's what it was. I heard some people <laughs> laugh, but it wasn't like it. It wasn't like you know, it was very like anemic. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I feel like it would have been different if I was there. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it was. But I think also he was he. Me and him got off on the wrong foot because <laughs> he reminded me of an opera that I saw last year that I really didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, because it had, I think the announcer thing was cute because it was very on theme to like what was going on. Mm-hmm. But I think I told you about that opera. I saw an opera in San Francisco called Dream of the Red Chamber. Did not like it at all. Like, and it had a narrator that would come on stage periodically and just like say stuff at you. And just he would come on stage and he'd go, Welcome to my dream. And then just like say stuff to you. And I feel like that's why the announcer made me bristle a little bit. I'm like, now nah, hold on. But he, and so like maybe I mean maybe if I saw it again, I would be able to place him better. I was confused. At first I I when he first came out, I thought he was like an announcer like just for the the um fights. But then he kinda took on a a larger role of like mm-hmm. you know just like announcing things throughout the opera i don't know i don't know how i feel about him i wonder like how much of it is bias that's carried over from that last announcer and how much of it is i wish he was like more strategically placed because i felt like he i feel like he kind of like wasn't in it enough for me to catch on to that's what what he was doing until like maybe the second like maybe the third time i think maybe if he was uh, maybe if he was introduced in a way that wasn't like with the boxing ring because that's the first time he came out it was there was a boxing ring like set and -hmm. stuff so i didn't i i thought he was just like there to do that and not like to be a part of the opera as a whole and i think that's what kind of like i think confused me about him I could see that, especially like I think his last little thing, it was just random because he kind of became like this narrator. Yeah, or like not even a narrator, maybe like a scene changer. Like this is where we are now, type thing. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is a narrator, but when I think narrator, I think of like really hands on pushing this, yeah, pushing the story along. He wasn't pushing the story along, but he kind of like reset some things, but not a lot either. Maybe two or three times, and then yeah, did we see him anymore? I don't think we saw him after intermission, did we? Cause he was like, it was giving like it was just. I was like, okay, girl, like I don't know, I couldn't really get into him. Cause the op- the opera's like kind of lopsided, not in a bad way. A lot of a lot of things are like this, where it's I think it's like two thirds, um, in the first half, and then yeah, I don't remember seeing him after. Um, I okay. I like people who can make something out of whatever. So like, but I'm kind of like, 
I'm kind of like agreeing with your mom. Like, I'm not saying this shouldn't have been an opera. It's just like I'll like I did, okay. How do I say this? I'm not saying, especially as me who has written no operas and haven't composed anything outside of a dictation, um, which is not a composition. Um, I feel like it would have done better, like as a screenplay. I really think it would like because I feel like there's there's more I wanted to know about the character I was like okay go with me when I say this because I know this might sound crazy but I was a little confused as to why first okay I was a little confused as to why like the death of the man tormented him so badly except by the fact that of course you killed a man of course okay yes 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 but like he didn't I guess it was an accident, right? Because you're fighting. But also, like, the man was so terrible to you. And does he deserve to die for that? No. But also, it's like, it's like a lot of gray area to me. So it was just like, I wanted to know more about him, like, as Emil. I wanted to know more about his life in that way. Like, I don't know if I'm being clear, but also, like, I wanted to know more about, like, he was queer. I wanted to know more about that. Like, I feel like that was kind of brushed over to, like, show this torment of killing the boxer. And I think it was, I feel like a lot of my questions would have been answered if this was a screenplay. I think that's the only, like, overarching thing that I didn't really, like, I, I, w- I don't know if I would, if I would see it again for that thing. But it, it was well done. It wasn't bad. Like, I would never say it was bad. Um, but... I just wanted to know there's more character depth that I wanted to know that just could not be achieved as an opera. Yeah, I feel like it was hard to know what the overarching narrative was. Is this an opera about his life and these are things that happened to him in it? Is this an opera about him coming, like struggling with his sexuality and things that happen as a byproduct of that? Is it an opera about he killed a man and oh my gosh how is he gonna get over this is it like i feel like those are all those are three different stories and they connect to each other but like something has to be positioned as the main thing yeah yeah. and i'm not really sure what it was because like it, it seemed like it was kind of trying to be that he killed a man and oh my gosh but like yeah I feel like you're saying that too because when we ended the story, like when the opera wraps, it's like about like forgiving one. So there was a line about that. Like it's not. I, it's he was talking to his son, the guy's son that he, the guy that he killed his son, mm-hmm. and the guy, the son said something to the effect of like, "I'm not the one who can do the forgiving. It's you." So it was like, okay, so it's about it's an opera about forgiveness. But I also don't think that's fair to Emil because, like, he had to overcome and endure so many things. Like, why is this a central theme of the opera? But we also started out the opera with the shoe and, like, finding your place and where do I belong or whatever. So it's like the theme was shifting and it was like a whole bunch of different stuff like what you had said. So it's not – it's like the opera is about 
you, it's like you know what you can summarize the opera, but like you kind of want like a through line. Yeah, and especially because you had that theme. Like I think in one of the interviews, they said that the closing line of the opera was "I killed a man and the world forgave me. I loved a man and the world wants to kill me." So when he said that, I thought the opera was going to be over, but it actually continued for like fifteen more minutes. And so that's why I thought the whole sexuality thing was going to be the point of the opera. And yeah. I think that was a strong, a strong line too. That I remember that line, and that's a good point. I thought that would have been a perfect place to end it. Um, but then to be fair, there wasn't enough with him. There wasn't enough time of him struggling with his sexuality for that for me to feel like, okay, we could land on that. You know, mm-hmm. it's like there's like two or three scenes with him, like at at a bar at a gay bar and that's all we get like we don't get him with any of his partners like we don't get him even saying anything about it until that line did he say anything about it at all Mm, like outside of the gay bar yeah i mean he had that kind of conversation where he tried to tell his coach the coach was like some stuff I don't want to know and then he's like a man don't be in for another man and then he was like oh I don't be in you know what I thought of I thought I felt so bad I was like I thought of that freaking (laughs) why did I get married she's like oh so you doing a bending bending. (laughs) I was like the person who wrote this libretto like how old is how old is he right you ain't been on twitter in the past several years or haven't even seen that movie. Like, you have yeah. to be old. If he's less than 40, I got some questions. Because why would you write that? Um, I don't... I just feel like... I mean, I never knew about this, char- this character. This character, he's a real person. I never knew about this person. But I feel like an aspect of his life would have been... Would have made for more... I mean, but I guess, like, it's hard to write three hours about one aspect but like if you have the, the if the librettists can do it like the, it's up to the librettists to do that mm-hmm. like to take one aspect of his life and build it out and then you could put the other stuff around it like i'd love love to know more about um like you can do it like the boxing specifically you could have did um like what happened to the man that he met and like Cause I read about his, um, I read about him and he was like, listen, I like men and women. Like, that's just what it is. And it's just like, okay, so can we get something about that? Can we, can we learn more about like this adopted son, Luis, that we have? Yeah. Cause I was reading about him and I was like, see, we don't even know who, who this dude is really. We didn't even, and like, I don't even think we... I'm not even gonna hold you. We didn't. We didn't even get that information in the opera at all. We, it's no, just, we didn't. I looked that up on Wikipedia. Yeah, we didn't get that information at all. We don't know anything about Luis, and it's like this could have been like an opera about dementia completely. Like there were so many. I feel like we would have had. We would have gotten more out of it if it was pared down and with a streamline, and then. We, you could have built the other stuff around around it especially like we start out with him being so confused it could have been an opera about like his progression to dementia because I feel like his coach realized that he was having issues like remembering stuff 
and then was like, all right, well, this is over for you. Yeah. And dude was like, what? He was like, yep, this is over. It's in the line. And then we jumped to him getting beat up, which I read about. Mm-hmm. And then that's it. Like we, and then it's just like, you, you really could have filled in the opera by telling us like what happened to him in between his coach telling him pack it up and you know him at the end of his life there's a whole chunk of his life missing missing from there so yeah because i feel like and i I guess they did that little montage between like when the dude died and then when he got beat up which was in like 1992 i think Mm -hmm. where he like had a string of losses um but i'm also like now that i think about it that's so interesting i kind of want to do like an audit on like what did we spend how much time did we spend on what because it didn't seem like like it seems like we've got more information in a screenplay and maybe that's why maybe that just has to do with the structure of it because opera Mm -hmm. wasn't short so i'm like how did we come out of an opera with that amount of time but have all these questions i'm like wondering what did we spend the like what did we spend what amount of time on or like what amount of time do we spend on what is what I mean? Well, we got a lot of time. Just if we, we could do a rough audit, we got a lot of time with Luis and sure. him. And it's <laughs> y'all be like, they probably do a drink, like drink, take a shot every time I say shoe, and you'll be in the hospital. But like, we got a lot of time with him and Luis in that room, in his bedroom, mm. because even like the opening op, the opening aria, I guess if that if that's what you would call it. Luis would interrupt him. We spent no lie, ten minutes, maybe even fifteen, with him. Like, okay, put your sh- put your put your pants on. Okay, then he leaves, and then he sang for like three minutes or four minutes, and they come back. Okay, put your shirt on. Like, so we spent mm. a lot of time doing that, and we were in the room two or three more times with that type of maybe not that much like back and forth, but definitely significant amount of time. We got time with the backstory with little Emil. I think that took a, a little bit of time. We spent a lot of time with the hats, with him being a hat maker, which ended up going really nowhere. Um, I think that was kind of to, like, to feed the insinuation about his sexuality. Because mm. I think that was a part of the what the guy was teasing him about when he was teasing him about being kind of gay or whatever. Like, he kind of was using the fact that he makes hats. I see. To like see like, oh, you a big guy, but you making these little hats. Like, first of all, and then that's another thing. One, okay, one thing we haven't talked about yet is the mom. But another thing oh, about yeah, the, go- about the dude story. that was <laughs> that was taunting him. It's not like you trying to get with him. He the whole time. He not even talking when to you the whole time. Ass, I was like, hold on. He talking about, oh, maybe I'll give you a piece of my pole. What? <laughs> I was like, okay. You the one that brought up all of this. You the one that brought up get, bending him over and sucking right. on his neck and whatever the heck. And like, what else you want to do to him? I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, you got to have a conversation with yourself. <laughs> talking about maybe I'll give you a piece of my, and then you thrusting and grabbing on your, like, you, it sound like you, like, I don't understand. He didn't even bring up none of that. It's all you. you right. You wear the starts and ends. See, and I didn't maybe maybe I wasn't really paying attention at that moment, but I just thought that he was being because I I didn't get that. I thought he went to go interview for the hats, 
And then dude was like, you built like a linebacker. You're not making no hats. So mm-hmm. I thought that's why I was confused as to why he was getting made fun of for being gay by that boxer. Because I thought we would, I thought we did that. I thought we were done with that. I thought he, I didn't even know he continued making hats after that hat scene. Because he was like, I want to make a hat. I can make any type of hat you want. And then old dude, white dude was like, nah, you're not making no hats. You finna make me some money. I thought it was over. So I didn't even, I was wondering where all that like hatred came from because I was like, I thought he was a boxer at that point. Like I thought he was firmly a boxer. I didn't. I thought he. I didn't. I didn't even think he made hats on American soil. Yeah, I think. I think the point, like with the coach, was that like, yeah, you build like this and you make it hats. Like, nah. And I think like maybe, maybe it was because when you announce like a boxer, like you say like what you know, you say a little something about them. Maybe because he was like kind of new to it that was what they said about him like they can't uh, say oh champion of x y and z because he wasn't champion or nothing yet maybe maybe right. or maybe not maybe it was like mm-hmm. that's what they had to say about him and that's how people knew that he was making heads um the other thing i want to say that was really really glossed over and i didn't even put two and two together until the end when they finally brought it up was the fact that the dude the opponent that got killed being forced into fighting when he was already feeling some type of way from Girl, a previous you were fight. in my head. Because I feel like that's another reason why, like, I understand, like, I've never killed a person. I'm like, yeah, but I think that's another reason why I wanted to go back and support that just in case y'all thought I was losing my mind. There was, like, a moment for, like, maybe, like, a five to ten second moment where his wife was in the in the little thing, whatever they were at, this a stage. Somewhere. The way in. Yeah, the way in. And the wife was like, he sh- you said he wasn't gonna have no more fights and the the culture's like one more fight and they did that for okay not 10 seconds they did that for like maybe 30 seconds like one more fight we're gonna do one more fight da, da, da. so it's like you you killing him it's not your fault i understand like that's something hard to live with but like it's just though i didn't okay please hear me out because i know i'm fighting for my life like i'm gasping for air all i'm saying is that the way that the opera was written to make it seem like it made it it made it it almost like made it seem like he went for blood and killed this man and now he's being haunted by this thing and all the fault is on him and in reality what it was is that this man was already having issues and should not been in that ring in the first place i just want to say that i just please don't come for me i'm just saying i didn't know the direction it took yeah i feel like so like yeah 30 seconds if that i feel like i didn't even really get that until the end when he was like like i remember them saying one more fight one more fight but i didn't really get that like oh he's like on the edge like he should not he really should not be in the ring and what my takeaway from that like i understand like i feel like people that's a very that's actually something that happens a lot i feel like in tv when they'd be like oh it was my fault when it like it was something that like was out of their control. Mm-hmm. Especially one of my pet peeves in like some shows where they'd be like, I remember there was I was on Law and Order when this girl she got kidnapped and by the serial killer or whatever while she was out picking up a birthday cake for somebody else and the girl was like, But it was my birthday. I'm like, You really think so you what are you saying? If you if you didn't have a birthday, it wouldn't happen. Like, girl, right. shut the hell up. It was a surprise party too. You didn't even know about the party. Like yeah. you sound dumb. Like so it's like, hard to like be in that position. You would imagine it's hard. Plus, like, they ain't gonna do it. like. I, let me give you a small example. One day, my uncle, the first and last time, my uncle gave me a ride. Not one of my like. I have three uncles. My third, like, whatever. 
gave me a ride to high school. He gave me a ride. On the way back home, he got in a car accident. And then tried to make it seem like, well, you know, if I never, I'm like, you can't drive. And I went went about my life. Like, I literally have never felt bad about that. That was Okay, because he didn't die or nothing. Like, what if he had died? Like, it was like a little thing. And, like, we know this one particular uncle can't really drive like that. So it's like, it's like a, a family thing. Like, my uncle by marriage can't really drive like that. Like, you know, nah, nah. So it's like, listen, like, especially like my, I came home and I felt bad because, you know, I, I, I feel bad about stuff. That's why I struggled to say that the dude felt bad about killing the man. I wanted, I just want to make that clear. Okay. I do want to make that clear. I feel bad about stuff. My, the way my, um, my grandma nipped that in the bud, girl, you was at school and that was it. I just, my life for the rest of the day. So people do be dragging that kind of stuff out in television. Like that was, I mean, this is a small example for someone getting kidnapped or <laughs> killing a man. But it's one of the, in real life, it's like stuff just don't be your fault. Yeah. This, I could see, like, I mean, I could definitely see, like, you know, you knock, knock somebody out. You think they're about to get up. He had a kid and everything like that. Yeah, like, that's. I, couldn't be me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Um. But what I was going to say is that, like, my takeaway from that is that, like, that's crazy that he was being, like, that people were exploiting him mm-hmm. and he freaking died behind that just because you wanted to get a bag from one one last yeah. fight and you knew something was wrong with him like i feel like that was a big like that was a that's a pretty big deal and that's yeah. like a crazy like plot point and it also is a parallel to um emil griffith's story because his mom was exploiting him for money mm-hmm. so like i feel like that could have been like that should have been like more because i feel like mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like that was like a little more important than it was. It was shown to be. See, and I feel like this would low key eat as a screenplay because what you really could do is make it like what you really could do is like you know screen screenwriters gonna twist the narrative anyway, but you could make it like uh, about both of them from different point of views. I want to hear more about old dude who got who got knocked out. And you could tell from Emil's perspective and then what happened on that day and you could build it out like that, that would eat. How much you could do that with opera, I don't know. But listen, once those screenwriters get off of get get off of um Strike. Strike. Once y'all once uh the networks come off of that money that they don't need, um, y'all need to get into the libretto business. Like write you a little libretto during during the off season because I'm not saying that like writers can't write. I'm just saying that like I feel like screenwriters can see certain things like a plot point like that would never like that would be built out the whole him getting it exploited. We would have had like cut to a B story about him and something like y'all go over to the theater business, get you, get you your little, your little off season check. <laughs> Let's talk about the mama. I mean, I don't have much to say about her other than she ain't shit. So the fact that she had all them kids and abandoned them. And she was like, the way they met was talking about which one are you? <gasps> like, like, okay. That's crazy. And he's talking about you left so and so with this person, you left so and so over there and she and, was like, I don't even know what so and so that's <laughs> what is going on. Yeah. So Um I mean, this is a small detail. I don't like the way they met because this is like I hate stuff like that in, in TV. It's like it's not TV, but you met her at a hot dog stand. Like, how do you know she was going to be there? Like, wouldn't it been made more sense for you to like someone 
be like, I think she says in this neighborhood. And you like that would have made more sense to me. I just wanted to just say that. Like the way you just walking down into New York Street here and oh there got my mama who I haven't seen <laughs> in, in twenty years. I know exactly what she looks like after twenty years of life. And I the last time I saw her she I was a kid, but I know exactly what she looked like. That don't make no sense to me. <laughs> um but yeah. Do anything you would change? Besides that stuff that we mentioned. Yeah, I feel like I kinda touched on everything. Like all the stuff about the announcer and the all the plot stuff we just talked about, yeah. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else. Because, like... Did we... Oh, that's all I wanted to ask. Did we know why the woman was mistreating young Emil? I thought she was just crazy Bible thumper type of situation like it seemed like she would just the oh so basically yeah he got left with his auntie and or his mama's cousin or some lady and yeah she just seemed like one of those like like she yeah she just seemed like an abusive person and like oh but yeah no we do know why it's because she thought he was a little I thought it was because she she suspected that he was gay. Is that why? I think so because she said um um okay she said something about the devil living inside of him. Which I was just about to bring up that I realized that never came back. Like he just said so when he met that man he was like they said they got the, I got the devil in me. If we really wanted to, you could have tied that back into him killing a man. Like there's so many there's like loose threads everywhere that you could have tied background but yeah which i think i mean in a way it kind of was because before he went into that fight that was before when he had that conversation with the coach about you got to be a man you got to be a man got to it wasn't necessarily the devil thing but it was like him going it was after he had been taunted by the guy what the gay slurs and stuff and then um he was saying like no a man doesn't bend you gotta be a man you gotta be a strong man da, 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 da. and then he goes in there and he's like like don't stop hitting him until he's on the ground like it was like a very like a macho thing like proving that you're not mm-hmm. like that you that you're not gay or whatever again it wasn't really the like the devil thing though like he was saying but yeah i think she was doing that because um and i can't remember the exact other thing that she said but to me it seemed like she saw she probably suspected that he was gay and that's why she was abusing him and saying that he had the devil inside of him and beating on that bible in front of him and making him hold cinder blocks above his head see in my the way my brain doesn't even go to stuff like that it's like i just thought okay that's crazy i didn't even th- i just thought he i was i'm like what, what, what could possibly be the reason you know that's what i mean i'm like what could possibly be the reason this sweet little boy um okay. i mean that's why she thought he was a sweet little boy so and then i think and then that kind of ties into like you know because he okay because she thought he was gay she was making him she was punishing him making him hold them cinder blocks above his head so he ended up all big and strong and then that's how he got into boxing and also like 
I mean, you can't rewrite. You can't rewrite the his man's life. But I like the baseball thing. Oh, I guess like never mind. It's not fiction. I forgot. I'm like, why didn't he make him a baseball player? Because he didn't play baseball, Katie. That's really why. Because he wanted to be. He played baseball. But I was like, what was the point of mentioning it? I feel like I wouldn't have mentioned it if I was writing it. Because mm. baseball thing felt like random, even though it's your life. Like someone, someone talk about my life, they'd be like, that's random. But it's like, yeah. I mean, people people make adjustments for story from people's lives all the time so i wonder how significant the baseball thing was i mean it, it ended up not being very significant in this so yeah that, that's a good point like i would i would have if i were doing i would have left it out because if you're not gonna bring it back around he didn't end up being a baseball player it kind of just drew my attention for far too long so i'm like oh well, how's the baseball thing playing to it with like maybe like him being an athlete but like no, boxing and baseball are completely different. Mm. I mean, I guess only ideas like follow through, which I guess is like almost any sport with a ball. So, <laughs> would you recommend someone else see this? Someone see this? Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Not go ahead. I think you should see because it it's, it's black and yeah, that's really where I can stop. It's a good. I feel like, you know, like to know about somebody, he was a real person. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean also it's a it's a it's a good opera. Yeah. So um I'm trying to look to see like if this comes out when the eighth. The eighth? Yeah. Oh well, sorry guys. Okay. I, <laughs> I mean maybe you could get a what's it called, an encore? Yeah, I mean and you know, operas they take on their own lives and stuff. It might come to a city near you if you remember this episode. Cause I want to say, like, if it's if they do it live, you can go see if a movie theater near you is doing it. But they might bring it back the encore eventually. Mm. Cool. Cool. We moving on. Yep. All right, y'all. It's time for Black Excellence, where we hype you up, gas you up, and give you your props. Cause there's room for everyone at the top. Who are you talking about, Delaney? This week, I am talking about Marcus Young. Um, he is a both a classical and jazz uh, trombonist um, and an educator. So he started his musical studies at age 12 on the euphonium, um, but switched to the trombone um, when he was 16 years old. Um, he continued um, studying at the Arkansas, Arkansas Tech University School of Music. Um, and won several awards and honors um, in competitions while he was there. Um, he went on to further his studies at the Juilliard School. Um, he's won the Frank Smith International Trombone Solo Competition, the Eastern Trombone Solo Competition, the International Trombone Association's Van Haney Orchestral Solo Competition, um, and all of those when he was quite young. He's also performed um, with a number of um, ensembles here in the U.S., like the American Brass Quintet, Buffalo Philharmonic, New York Phil, Arkansas Symphony, Charleston Symphony, um, and also some places um, abroad, like the Malaysian Philharmonic and the Lucerne Festival Academy Orchestra. Um, He also has a master's degree in jazz studies um, from Juilliard. Um, And while he was... um, studying at Juilliard for his master's. He was appointed the co-principal trombone chair of the Malaysian Philharmonic Orchestra. 
Um, and um, he also um, continued teaching and um, and being a um, band leader um, in jazz, um, performing at a lot of jazz festivals. Come on, come off a of Jazz History Month period, or Jazz Appreciation Month period. Um, he also joined the trombone faculty at the Yang Siuto Music Conservatory in Singapore. Um, and yeah, so now, as far as I can tell, he's still in um, Singapore now. He's at the National University of Singapore. So, shout out to him. Period. My piece of the week is the Trimini Show Overture. Because the way that piece dog walked me, um, I had to... It's one of those things where, like, after I practiced it, I was like, oh, okay. But it's not sight-readable. Not that you should not have a sight-read orchestra anyway, boys and girls. Um, But I didn't – I looked at it for, like, 10 minutes. So I had to look at it some more. And, yeah. Shout-out to Tree Manisha. Don't play with Scott Joplin. I will never again. Um, But, yeah. Thank you so much for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. Look, Classically Black Podcast is back. We had a full week of content. It will stay like that. And you better, you listen, all I'm saying is big Classically Black, not the little one. Okay, so make sure you are abreast to the social media because we got some announcements coming up. Is that annoying to say? Yes. Do I hate when content creators say this? Yes, but you know what? It's true. Okay. Um, if you black join ISBM, ISBM is doing something, don't worry, but join, okay? It's free ninety nine. IS Black Musicians on social media, isblackmusicians.com. Oh yeah, that's classically black podcast. See, what is it called? At classically black podcast on social media. That's I've said that two hundred and twenty eight times. Um, yeah. See y'all next week. Bye y'all. Arrivederci.